All right, good morning. Guten Morgen. <laughs> uh, my wife isn't here today. Kitty problems. Kitty got sick, so I'm, I'll just leave it at that for now. And uh, our order of service is on page 46 in your With One Voice. Uh, I think we have one hymn that we're singing at With One Voice, and then the rest of them are in your maroon or your LSB. And with that, uh, we will um, sing our gathering song, hymn uh, 671, in the with one voice. Alleluia, alleluia, give thanks. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Also with you. It is near you. 
on your lips and in your heart. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard. be with you. Let us pray. God of all power, you called from death our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Send us as shepherds to rescue the lost, to heal the injured, and to feed one another with knowledge and understanding. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. The first reading is from the fourth chapter of Acts. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there. So were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. 
Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is the word of the Lord. We continue with hymn 909 from LSB. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 John. This is how we will know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. In our hearts, con 
in our hearts can if our hearts condemn us we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything dear friends if our hearts do not condemn us we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him and this is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them and this is how we know that he he lives in us we know it by the spirit he gave us this is the word of the Lord please stand for the gospel acclamation chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. We continue with hymn 709 in the LSB, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. Please be seated.
God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First, I want to catch you up on, um, on the, what's going on in the first reading, the uh, book of Acts. Uh, we had, of course, Peter and John, uh, and they were walking through the beautiful gate, what's called the beautiful gate at Jerusalem, and there was a man there who had been lame from birth. You know, kind of like uh, uh, those, those people that you see, the same people standing at the corners. It's about, that's about the parallel that, that they would have, and part of their religion is to give alms, and so this person uh, supported his, uh, his family or supported himself through the giving of alms. It was a religious uh, task to, to do that, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And, uh, and everybody knew him, probably forged some kind of a relationship with him, even if it was, oh, that's the guy that usually sits right there at the beautiful gate. We've seen him ever since I was, you know, ever since I've been passing through this gate. This guy has always been sitting there as long as he's been lame and, and, and couldn't walk. And he's always been there. So this one uh, morning, Peter and John pass, and Peter looks right at him, and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he did, and he sprung to his feet. And, and of course, you know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't recognize him because you expect when you see somebody, you know, it's like if you see a, a police officer and then you go in the store and you see the same police officer and, and you go, You know, that did happen to me one time. I used to go weightlifting, you know, when I was younger, a lot, a lot younger. And uh, so I knew a bunch of guys in the weightlifting room, and we would weightlift together and all of that. And then, uh, then he saw me in a video store um, with my clergy outfit on. He didn't recognize me. And finally, when he did recognize me, he blurted out for everyone to hear, Oh, I didn't recognize you with your clothes on. <laughs> a true story I wish it wasn't thank God it was in the decline of the uh, you know of uh, video rental stores and the, but it was still in what I guess it was in 1990 it was in the 1990s he did this to me and uh, but at any at any rate you people would look at this guy and they would say it, it's him. I know I don't. I, it looks a lot like him. He's a doppelganger for that guy who usually sits at the. Wait a minute. That's him. Is it him? It can't be him. Yes, it is. And uh, how is it that, you know, and this is a big stir. It causes a big stir in the city because, well, you know, it's, uh, it's one of them, their miracles. And how is this that this miracle is, ha and it brings everything up, Jesus doing the miracles and all of these things. And then Peter and John go and they preach to the people, they, and, and they say, this is how it happens. And you remember as last week, and, and he was saying that you guys, you know, crucified the Messiah. And, 
and that was this, that's huge once again in in the in uh, Israel's history waiting for the messiah did he come is it what is it you know and and it's kind of like the same thing isn't it it's sort of like is that could that be the messiah no he doesn't look that i mean no, he's but he's doing stuff he does stuff he raises people from the dead and he does all of this stuff and that nobody else can do i mean even the pharisees and sadducees you know they're they're kind of they don't like him it's obvious because, you know, he doesn't do all kinds of stuff that a Pharisee should do. He's not a proper type Pharisee thing. But how are we supposed to criticize a man who can do so? Well, I tell you what, he does it on the Sabbath when nobody should be, shouldn't be healing people on the Sabbath. Shouldn't be helping people on the Sabbath. That's a day of rest. Meanwhile, they had all these rules about how to work what is work and what is not work so that they could do work on the Sabbath. But if they did it their way, then it wasn't classified as work. You see what I'm saying? Loopholes. This is what religion became. I don't know. Think with me about what religion has become. Sometimes there's a lot of loopholes. Sometimes... God really has very little to do with it. And the world has pointed it out to us, hasn't it? Look at the church full of a bunch of hypocrites. You've got a lot of loopholes in there. And you wonder why people don't go to church. Because they're tired of loopholes. Maybe if they heard God's word. Well, there's a lot of people who don't go to church who hear God's word. They are his sheep. He is their shepherd. And perhaps, and I've been in churches where this has happened, where you have, uh, let's say, a pastor, not me, but you say, but a pastor who, well, ends up getting defrocked because of his activities and what it does to the families who put their trust in him. Now, if you have been a recipient of that, I say that this pastor sinned against you, but please, please, please do not confuse that worker with the shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep. This is a huge problem that people have. Everybody who doesn't come to church doesn't come because they confuse humanity with deity. This world is really hard on me. I can't stand how people treat me, this, that, and the other thing. And somehow it radiates up to God as if God is the one who's causing their pain and their anger. You know, at a certain level, I understand that. I do. Because you can certainly ask God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? But listen. Listen to what you are and this is the reality before God we are sinners what did God do for us and 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 the sheep you know the whole and I probably say this every year and I apologize if I keep repeating the story but when we talk about sinners and we are equated with sheep this is and you may think about sheep and you may think about their fluffy wool coats and and all of that stuff and they're pretty docile animals they're pretty nice they're cute 
you want to take one home and keep them maybe in the backyard after you realize that they don't use the litter box or... And, and, but sheep, uh, you probably don't have, and I don't know who hates sheep. Who hates sheep? I mean, they're really not all that bad. Sorry. Apologize. But if, uh, uh, when I was on Vicarage in North Dakota, a guy decided to diversify his flock, and he went and he bought five sheep. And then he put them inside his, his metal barn, and then inside the metal barn they had those, you know, those, those pipes, those fences that you keep, his cattle fences, really. He had cattle. Then he put a cattle trough, and uh, the cattle trough is, you know, those uh, tanks that hold the water. You know, they're about that high, so you need to kind of fill it up a little bit. And he filled it up to where when they, when they put their, uh, their heads over, they could reach the water and drink. And he was, he, nothing's going to happen there, you know, and went in, came in the next morning, all of the sheep had jumped into the cattle trough and died. We are the sheep of the shepherd. Take that compliment in. Ain't no compliment. And according to sin, we walk around oblivious to what we do to one another, right? Have you ever been caught up in that? I didn't know. I'm so sorry. When somebody explains it to you, you know how many times people don't explain stuff to you? You know how many times somebody annoys you? And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, the example where, you know, I go like this and that annoys you. It annoyed some person so much that they had to point that out to me, that it annoyed them when I went like that. And I just thought about it, and I thought, you know, when I'm at home, I adjust my glasses, even if I don't have them on. It's a force. Of, I'm sorry. But how is that a sin to you? You need to stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we do. Sometimes we need to stay in our lane. Because we can't annoy the, we can't, we can't annoy. We can't avoid the fact that some people are just annoying. Just try to stay away from them. And if you can't, you got to deal with it, right? But if somebody is sinning against you, somebody actually hurt you deeply, how often do you go up and, and tell them, friend, you've wounded me deeply? You don't want to get rejected, right, and hurt even more. So we don't do that a lot, right? And then you look at that other person, and they're smiling, and they're going about their lives and all of that stuff. And you, How dare you smile and be happy and all that stuff when you did this to me? Well, you didn't ever tell them. Well, they should know. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. Well, if you have to ask, I'm not going to tell you. No, maybe you should tell them. Why? Because they're sheep. And you're sheep for not telling them. And if you don't tell them, then what about God's forgiveness and all of these things that you share with them? Forgive them, right? You do have that option to shut up and just say, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then, and then go to your happy place. 
Which brings us to the point, where is your happy place anyway? Where is your happy place? Well, I don't know. I mean, at some point in time, we sheep have to find our happy place. And, and when I was just talking about religion and hoops and all of that stuff, some people's happy place is, is jumping through hoops, right? Sheep like to jump through I mean, and you see what we, and, and this is the problem, this was the problem with this farmer who had the five dead sheep. One of them jumped in there, and the other four thought, sounds good to me, right in the trough. And that one was the leader, right? I mean, the first one must have been the leader who said, I'm bored, or I don't know what the sheep said. I don't know. Duh. Boop, and the other one went, duh, boop, boop, boop. Kind of crowded in here. I can't breathe. I guess I'll just die. What a sad commentary. And, and we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've each gone to our own way. And we may call that independence. You may call that asserting your assertiveness. I, I don't know what you can call it. But you can put the positive spin on it. But the fact of the matter is, sin always leads us away from God. And what did God do for me to straighten that out? Well, here it is. Christ laid down his life for you. Because you couldn't do it. You don't have it within you to do it. I'm st I don't mean to be yelling at you. But sometimes, you know, a good two-by-four... We'll get a sheep's attention. I don't know. I don't, who would beat a sheep? I wouldn't beat. But sometimes we need a two-by-four, right? And we need to realize that we're not all that. Maybe maybe I, I might be, you know, I, I look at you guys and I go, that's pretty easy. I'm, I'm better than all of you. I didn't really say that, did I? Did I say that out loud? And, and I don't believe that, but, but you know, there's, a, there's a, a number, you know, there's a, a, a little bit of that going on, isn't there? As far as me, you know, when I go to my happy place, it's because I'm assured that I'm better than a lot of people. I don't do this and I don't do that. Well, you're no different than the Pharisee who stands on the, on the corner saying, Lord, I am, I am so glad that you made me better than this poor sinner who stands over there and what does the sinner do the sinner stands over here and he says lord god he doesn't even look up to heaven he says lord god forgive me i'm a poor miserable sinner i don't deserve your grace you remember that parable in the who is god going to listen to And here we have from 1 John, oh boy, you read 1 John and it's kind of like, man, conviction city. Because it says that this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. Good. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Not so fast. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and see a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can he love, how can the love of God be in that person? Okay, now I'm not feeling so good. Because I can think, and it's not, you know, it doesn't take me that hard, 
you know, that long to think about, man, maybe I should have done this or should have done that. And so doubts and, and, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Well, I want to get away from that. I don't want to think about it, how I've failed God. But then it says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. See, this is our hearts at rest in his presence. Because think about us. We're sheep. And somehow we sit here and we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. How is this possible? Is this not the biggest lie of all? Yeah, you sit there, right? You're like the frog. Frog hops in the kettle. And the frog just kind of goes like this. Ah, oh, this is nice warm water. And the water keeps getting turned up and turned up and turned up. And soon, you know, it's frog legs for everybody. Because this frog gets boiled in the water, you know, and just gradually gets used to the increasing heat. Is that, is that what we're living? Is we're living the lie? Well... I could see how people would say that if we didn't have our God speaking to us and saying, this is how it is. You see, that's the difference. You go to court and, and you know, you have a defendant sitting there and the defense lawyer gets up and says, you know, he's a really good, you know, he goes to church, he... As this, and the prosecutor gets up there and says, yeah, it's all a lie. This guy's a jerk. This is what he's done. This is what he continues to do. This is what he's going to do again. And, all, and you have two different pictures. Where's the truth? What's the truth? Only God knows. And you see, this is the important thing. That God is the one who knows. And God is the only one who's not fooled by anything or anyone. So we get our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Look at this. Look at what just happened here. This is kind of like the curb that, you know, that goes right and you didn't realize how sharp it went. So now you got to put your brakes on and you got to make that turn a little bit. Or you get into what, see, I used to do a little land surveying. And, and it's got what you call a compound curb. You know, you know a curb that just keeps tightening. So when you're going through the curb, it's not just going like this, and then you're good until you get to the end. But this curb, this compound curb, you have to keep turning your wheel to the right to stay on the road. You ever been on one of those? And you go, whoa, 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 what is this? And this is the turn because it says this. It says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. In other words, take, take comfort. You're sheep. Get over it. You're sheep. But don't let that beat you up. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. Don't let that beat you up. Why? Because you have confidence before God. God is the one who tells you. So you start jumping through God's hoops and receive from him if, if uh, friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. You know, 
God knows everything. He knows that we're poor, miserable sinners. And what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ to suffer and die for us. So we can sit and we can say, I'm good. You're an idiot. Yeah, but I'm a good idiot. I'm really good. Why? Because, I, okay, I admit, I'm lazy. I don't do everything I should do. I don't listen. You know, sometimes I just make a mountain out of a molehill. Well, all the time I make a mountain out of a molehill. But I know this, that Jesus Christ suffered and died for me on the cross. And that makes all the difference. Because now I'm a sheep who belongs to God. No matter how bad other people say I am, you can't take that away from me. You know, somebody may look at me and they say, well, pastor, you're an idiot. Well, I've got, you know, I got four degrees. Two of a master's degree. Well, okay, you're an educated idiot. But I'm a child of God, so... And, that's, and, and really, that's what makes the difference. I'm a child of God. Whether you have degrees, whether you don't have degrees, it doesn't matter because Christ suffered and died for you on the cross. You could be a really big idiot. You could be a little idiot. You can be an idiot in between. Christ suffered and died for you, and you know that. And so if you're sitting there and you're going, my heart is content, you know why? Because that comes from God. It doesn't come from you. Matter of fact, if it was up to you, you'd be tearing yourself to shreds, wouldn't you? Just think about that. And a lot of people do. They sit at home, close their shades, sit in the dark, listen, and listen to he done it to me again music or she done it to me again music, yeah, whatever. Or the world is doing it to me. In the dark, sitting there thinking wonderful flowery thoughts. No! A lot of people are thinking about killing themselves. Why? Because they're not listening to what God says. This is why you have copycat events. Just like sheep. Somebody kills themselves, somebody else says, that sounds like a good idea. Really? And you know, it's regardless of whether they're Christian or not Christian. It doesn't matter. We're sheep. Sheep are sheep. God's sheep do stupid things. Sheep who aren't God's do stupid things. There's no difference. The only difference is we know who the shepherd is. That's the only difference. And you know what? He's the one who introduces himself to, you know, it's not like the sheep walk up in there. I think I want you to be my shepherd. You good with that? You good? No. Christ says, I'm your shepherd. See, I have a staff. See, I'm going to guide you. And we say, thank you. I appreciate that. Because I ain't too smart. And this is what God does. He does everything for us, including giving us the peace that surpasses all understanding. And Jesus himself said, because this is how, how far above us God is. Jesus had no reason to die. He didn't catch anything. He couldn't catch anything. Nothing ended his life until he said, now is the time. And why did he do it? 
because his sheep couldn't do it. He had to do it for them. And this is what he did. He suffered, he died, and then he took up his life again. Because death does not have the, the power or the sting that we attribute to it. Oftentimes we do. We attribute to death. This is the end. We call it the end. It's not. It's only the beginning, isn't it? But I understand why we call it the end, because, you know, we, we use sheep language and we're limited in our little sheep brains, but somehow God has entered us and has elevated us beyond sheepdom. If, if that's even a word. We, we are sheep, but we're somehow higher than that. And God elevates sheep and he brings them into his house. And if, if I could be so graphic, you know, he just doesn't, I, we need to try not to, you know, mess up his house. But we do. And we go, oops, I'm sorry, God, I did it again. And God says, that's okay. Christ suffered and died for you. Try not to do that. Again, go outside and, well, see, now the analogy breaks down. But we as God's sheep, we do certain things, and I'm not meaning that doing certain things is evil. I don't want anybody to have intestinal problems or anything like that. By all means. But we still go out, and as God's sheep, we Try to obey his commandments. And when we miss, what do we do? We want to beat ourselves up, but we say, God, forgive me. And then we continue on. It never stops. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Give thanks to God because Christ suffered and died for you. Give thanks. Live lives of thankfulness. And then love one another. Be kind to one another. That's what God's sheep do. We do that. That's in our nature now. It wasn't before, but now it is. And sometimes it's not now. But you see, God forgives us for those things, and we still go out and we try. And when we do, we realize, wow, God is using me. And it's really not my possessions anyway. It's really not my power to, give, to forgive, but God gives me the power and I forgive and that person's forgiven. And wow, what, what a big power that is. You realize if we went out forgiving people left and right, how powerful that is, not only to us, but to those people that we forgive? Wow, that's powerful. And you don't have to go to a bank account and check, you know, how much. Let's see, let me get, get on my phone and pull up Capital One and, uh, and see how much forgiveness I have left to dole out. No, you have it all. You're, you're abundantly rich in that. So please, please liberally use it. And then there's the other stuff too, you know. There's helping people in those ways that challenge us, knowing what Christ has done for us, and somehow allowing that to free us up to be more generous than we would dare to be if we were not God's sheep. And all of that is above sheep grade. It's 
It's above. Sheep don't think that high, but God's sheep do somehow by the power of God. That in itself is a miracle. We were once dead in trespasses and sins, but now we are alive in Christ Jesus, right? Just like this man who was sitting at the beautiful gate. He couldn't get up. He couldn't move himself. He had somebody, somebody had to carry him, or he had to crawl. And I've seen that in Africa. You know those little four corn, those little uh, deals with the wheels on them, the little wooden things like that? There's a guy, he'd, he'd fashioned tire rubbers on his, on his fist, and he would pull himself along like that. That's how he got around, you know. And that guy comes up to, to, to beg. Now, that's a guy. See, it's, that's my problem is that, is that in Africa, beggars were, you could tell. They would look at you, and they didn't have anything in their, in their eye sockets. Well, that person needs some help. It's kind of hard to see when somebody's in need here. It makes it a lot more difficult. And sometimes... You, brothers and sisters, you're in need, but you're not going to say anything. Why? Because I shouldn't be in need. I shouldn't have to ask anybody. I'm going to do it myself. Oh, that we could all be attentive to one another and love one another and be, be that way, you know? Care with one another. And you would know that if you went to your brother or your sister and you said, you've wounded me deeply, that they would say, my friend, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. and God, forgive me. You know, if things worked that way a lot more, I think we would all be in a better happy place if there is one. But we would all certainly be rejoicing of what Christ has done for us, suffering and dying for us and giving us eternal life through him. Shepherd, the sheep of the flock of Christ. Here we are, a portion. Let us, let us be thankful that God raises us a far above our station in life. And even if somebody harms us, we have the strength to recover because God has given us faith. It's not our faith. God gave us faith, but we just continue to build on that faith. Let's do that, shall we? Let's love God and love one another. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the hymn of response, hymn 473, our Paschal Lamb that sets us free. Remember who sets us free? Who sets us free?
we rise. In Christ you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him. In our heart, with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in one God. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. If anyone, is, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left unknown. Uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in the newness of life. To the honor and glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. As we have um, uh, made provision for receiving offerings at the um, head of the uh, narthex there, we will uh, continue with our offertory. Let us pray. Gracious God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, you call us from death to life, from silence to speech, from idleness to action. With these gifts, we offer ourselves to you, and with the church throughout all the ages, we give thanks for your saving love. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of church and, in, and for, uh, of God and in Christ Jesus for all people according to their needs. Shepherd of Israel, in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have sought out your sheep and gathered us with them into your flock. Keep us always in your fold and guard us from every wolf and snare. Lord, in your mercy. 
O God, as you breathe new life into the world through the resurrection of your Son, so now by your Holy Spirit breathe new life into your church that, freed by his gospel, we may always confess the name of Jesus Christ, the only name given among men by which we must be saved. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your Son has called us to love our brothers. Turn us, uh, turn us in love toward the neighbors closest to us, especially within our own homes, that we may daily show our confidence in God by deed and truth, laying down our lives as Christ first did for us. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal Lord, through the Paschal Lamb, you have wrought peace between man and God. By your gift of good government, grant peace and good days also to our citizens and between the nations of the world, that we and all our neighbors may lead quiet lives in godly contentment. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, by the first fruits of Christ's life from the dead, you secured forgiveness for our troubled consciences. Bless also with temporal health and well-being those who suffer among us, especially uh, Anne um, Heslin, uh, who is undergoing cancer treatment, and the family of uh, Billy Clapp um, at his passing. Uh, we ask that you would bless them and, and fill their hearts with the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we also keep in mind all those people who are in our bulletin that we pray for um, and each time we, uh, we, we think of these people and we see their names. Grant them aid at this moment, and even more so, true immortal health in the world to come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, out of your fatherly goodness, you have remembered us poor, miserable sinners and given your beloved Son to be our shepherd, not only to nourish us by his word, but also to defend us from sin, death, and the devil. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that even as his shepherd knows us and helps us in every affliction, we also may know him, trust him, seek help and comfort, uh, and comfort in him, heartily obey his voice, and obtain eternal salvation through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, grant us, O God, for the sake of Christ who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. We please be seated as we sing hymn 482, this joyful Easter tide.
All right, I'm gonna. We're gonna do the uh, announcements, um, and then we'll do the dismissal. Uh, so I, I know you guys heard that uh, there's going to be something going on over there, huh? We all know this. Yeah. I said it would save up, but I, I'm not sure if I did or not. I had an English muffin this morning. With, mm-hmm. I don't know if I saved up or not, but I'll sure give it a shot because I'm sure there's lots of good food over there. And that means we won't be having Bible study. Aww. Uh, but uh, we'll have good uh, good fellowship and, and all of those things. Are there any other announcements? Bible studies. Oh. Wow, buddy went. No, he didn't do that. Sorry. Scheduled midweek Bible study is not going to happen until after Labor Day, but we may just... When everybody's going to be in town, I'll just call the people that attend and say, what about this week? All right. But not this week. And if you want to be in that number, you, you know who to call. Uh, any other announcements? All right. So let's, uh, oh, let's see how we're going to do this. Okay, we're going to do the dismissal and, and no, let's, let's do this. Let us... Um, I'm gonna, we're we're going to do the go in peace, serve the Lord, and then you guys are going to thank be to God, you know, how you always like to do. Um, and, uh, and, and then we'll do the, the prayer for over there, which means you can go over there and start eating and not, not be in mortal fear of choking on your food. See, we got it all covered here, you know, while I just, you know, wander around grazing in fields and getting lost in all that stuff while I try to disrobe and make sure that everything is put in its proper plate, which is a challenge for me, you know, but I don't want to delay you from, uh, from, from greener pastures. See what I did? <laughs> and then if I don't show up after a while, then somebody kindly... Come get me and show me where the food is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's rise and let's do the um, let's do the mission statement. As believers in Christ, Saint Stephen Lutheran Church is committed to serving God by sharing the good news of Christ with all people. Go in peace, serve the Lord. And let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the heavenly gifts that you've given us, and we thank you for the earthly gifts. And so now we rejoice after so much time has passed where we have not been able to fellowship together. We, we thank you for th- this opportunity. We ask that you would protect us all and keep us healthy, uh, but also give us joy in uh, your resurrection and joy in the fellowship of, of eating good food and, and good conversation. Uh, we ask that you bless the hands that have prepared this food uh, as well as the, the people who consume it. All of these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.